Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. We have two excellent sponsors this week. Welcoming back Lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash Shop Talk. Uh, it's probably the biggest learning resource there is on the web. So go to get your seven-day free trial at lynda.com slash shop talk and environments for humans who are throwing another in-person contest, the second of its kind, Artifact Conf. Artifactconf.com. It's about an hour outside of Boston in Providence, Rhode Island. We'll tell you more about both those things later in the show, but for now, let's kick things off. <laughs> Listening to season three, episode two of the Shop Talk Show podcast. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Chris Coyer. Hi, Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. I heard I heard there's like uh, basketball players listen to our theme song, just like as a you know, like like a jock jams kind of thing. Yeah, we have no, with I... us Jen Schiffer. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jen with the dollar sign. That's actually the same song that the '92 Bulls used to be introduced to. That's what I thought. Some, That's what I was thinking NBA of. NBA trivia for y'all. <laughs> That's good. Jen works for the NBA. That was my the worst possible try to try to make it related to the, something. Great job. Guest thing. <laughs> it's a slam dunk. <laughs> this is going to work out just swimmingly. Jen works. Jen, Jen works for the NBA. She's at NBA on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's it's she's at Jen with two N's, Schiffer with two F's on Twitter.com. She does jokes, basically. Dave t- instructed me to, to to follow her because she's funny and she is. So thanks for coming on. Oh, and, and 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 you literally do work for the NBA, right? As like a way. I, I do. I do. I have a. I, I I'll talk to some people who will message me, and I'll start talking about it, and be like, "Oh, like that's not like a lie in your." In your bio, like you really do work for the MDA, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which which says a lot. Which is, says a lot yeah. about my internet presence, I believe. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I started working for the MDA back in May. Oh, cool! So it's so it's, it's newish. It's newish. Yeah, it's actually my my first, um, guess, full time web development job. I did a lot of um, freelancing, but before I was a university computer science department administrator at Montclair State. So I was more like an admin and not a developer. And then I got bored with that and joined the NBA. So How did, where was where was the job listing posted? Or was or was it friend of a friend? How did it come to It be? was it was it was a recruiter thing. Well no, it well my friend had been working there for a while and he'd kind of been riding my ass for like three years to apply. And I had like a bad week at my last job during like college registration. And I was like, I don't belong here. I should, you know, I'm a pretty good programmer. I should be doing that. Um, And so I messaged him. I said, I'm up for it. And then like two weeks later, that's where I was at. And your friend was like, free iPad for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, because actually the the NBA hires um, only through agencies for the first year. So technically I'm a consultant. And so the agency... Basically got this like free person me, and yeah. so they get the iPads. <laughs> uh, mm. 
No, but it's uh, it's it's really really awesome. It's like the best place ever, and uh, yeah, I I feel like I don't know. Like I had one person tell me like a few weeks ago, like you know you should dress for the job that you want because I was like looking like a ragamuffin, and I was like, well, I have the job that I want, so like f off. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're like uh, I work for sports. Ball I work for sports and, ball. I mean, please. <laughs> and uh, are you a fan anyway? I am, you know, I'm more of a hockey fan. Um, I kind of got a lot of crap from my boss back during the NBA Finals because hockey playoffs were happening at the same time. And I spoke at um, jQuery Portland, and I mentioned how, like, if you asked me who I was rooting for in the finals, I would say the Blackhawks. And my boss is like, Jen, like, stop. Um, <laughs> but, but I, you're, but I, you're off brand. Jen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was like, until I get my iPad, you know, I'll go whatever brand I feel like. But uh, no, I'm a huge basketball fan, um, big hockey fan. I don't really follow baseball. I was sort of like a jock in high school. And uh, yeah, I love sports. So to be like two of my passions together, pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm glad that you like it. That's pretty, pretty sweet. And in in New Jersey, huh? Is it a work from home deal or is the NBA? in Montclair, no, New Jersey. Uh, NBA HQ is in New York, but we have our dev people at my office in Secaucus, which is pretty close to Manhattan still, but it's in North Jersey. And I live oh, in right Montclair, on. but I work in the office. But Thursdays, I work from home because I am teaching um, a graduate web development course at Montclair State, where I used to be an administrator. So, I'm, Oh, I'm that's at, awesome. I'm so they're like, right hey, now. you can work full-time at the NBA, but if you still want to be like a teacher on Thursdays, you can totally Right, do that. right. Because that's one of my favorite things to do um, is teach. It's also one of the things I hate to do the most, but it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love hate relationships. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. So, and then, and jQuery Portland, and then, so that you must have, when you said you were in Austin, it was probably for jQuery Conf Austin, right? Yeah, I spoke at Portland and Austin. Portland was my nice. first time speaking in a conference, and Austin was my second one. And both nice. Both I think fun. my second time ever speaking was at a jQuery conference also in San Francisco. And I loved it. Did you love it? I, I loved it. What a great community. Yeah. Everybody is so cool and adorable and just yeah. fun to be around. Like it, I had a great time in, in both towns. And there was my first time in Portland and Austin. Um, but yeah. Really, really awesome conference. That's that's awesome, and I think what you what you talked about at them, as far as I can tell from some blog about pancakes, is about code and art and stuff. And we have some questions about that, so why don't we wait to talk about that until we get there? Okay. Um, usually, Sounds Dave good. has like um, kind of a question from from somebody he likes to start with. Yeah, I like to you know kind of start with you know a little bit of a low ball question, you know, just something easy, you know, sports, right? Oh, <laughs> Keep gosh. it. Uh, anyway, Danny uh, Michal, oh Makal, Danny Makal wrote in and and he said, "Do you guys know why the GitHub Octocat broke up with his girlfriend? Why? Do you guys know why the GitHub <laughs> Octocat broke up with his girlfriend? Because she was afraid to commit." Right? But seriously, folks, but seriously, uh, <laughs> Elijah Maynard on Twitter uh, says, uh, how, how do you comfort a JavaScript bug? 
you console it. Ah, that's a good one. Uh-huh. And then uh, there there was a follow up one on that thread. It was how do you interrogate a JavaScript bug? You take it to its breaking point. Come on, guys. Okay. You know, I want to like die of laughter at those because I I love puns and stuff like that. But then I feel like people judge me negatively about that. <laughs> but those are all hilarious. I'm going to use them later in my class tonight. So. I'll, I'll, I'll shop it around. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'd like to know. Because, you know, it's hard to get feedback on here. That You know, the chat room isn't usually full of emoticons about the jokes. Uh how you gauge emotion online. I see a smiley face. I got a couple more, but I'm going to save them. I'm going to save them, guys. We can't yeah, just, we got to spread okay. this out. We sure. can't be raffling the whole show. We got to get into some, some meat and potatoes. Which we have. We have an audio question right here from Paul Mist. All right. Let's cue it up. Do, do, do. Technology. Hi, my name is Paul Mist. I'm a and I'm a web designer, designer from and Orange Defense. County, Whoa. California. Whoa. I've always what? tried to diversify <laughs> my skills as a web developer. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Come on, boys. Let's not all talk at once. Hold on. Dave, I know you have thick fingers here, but one button at a time. (laughs) Dude, that was a new feature in iOS 7. That was the audio recording (laughs) choir? Yeah. uh, We happen to have it. I could read it. Would you like me to read it while you... uh... No way. I'm getting the real one here. (laughs) Okay. I don't even care. All right. Here we (laughs) go. We'll just edit that out. Here we go. Hi, my name is Paul Mistummer designer and developer based in London in the UK. Um, my question is very much aimed at Jen. Code-based art blows my mind. I love it. In my first job at uh, a web design agency, I had the honour of sitting next to a guy called Carsten Schmidt, who, uh, if you don't know him, you should look him up. He's absolutely incredible, and day after day he inspired and amazed me um, with his kind of generative artwork. Back then, we used Flash a lot, and it seemed easier to use generative art in our day-to-day design. It felt like creative code was less steps away from our daily uh, our daily workload than it is now. My question has two parts. It's firstly, how can we go about getting back in touch with our inner creative coder? And secondly, how can we start to introduce um, that work back into our kind of daily bread-and-butter bits and pieces? Thanks. All right. So hopefully that he, he kind of has two questions like creative code, right? Like, you know, code experiments and stuff like that are pretty sweet. So how do we get in touch with that? And how do we start pulling that back into our work? Jen? Well, I was so distracted by his accent. Um, <laughs> we can- it happened. Um, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Very common. Um, so this is, how I got into, I guess, creative coding. Um, I used to draw a lot and I wanted to code, but I couldn't come up with like what I wanted to play around with or experiment with. And this is when I was like learning CSS3 properties and stuff. And I found that I was like sketching out things like cartoons, whatever. And I was like, how can I digitize this without like just scanning it in a printer? Um, actually what, what happened was like my phone was broken and my scanner was broken and I wanted to show a little cartoon to my little brother. And so I was like, I'll make it in CSS and he'll get the idea, even though it was like painstaking and takes forever. But 
sort of I felt accomplished that I had made something cool on a web page and I got my mm-hmm. brother sort of into a little bit of learning how to program. And so that's kind of like where to start. Like you think like, do I want to draw something and, and make it in the browser? Or do you have an idea for something that's creative and just make it? And sure, the idea comes first kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or if, you know, if you're just like online playing, there's so many tools right now for automatically generating like CSS patterns and shapes and stuff like that. Just playing around that HTML5, like art, like canvas drawers and all that junk. Like there's just tons of stuff there. So if you just play around and get inspired or if you look at artwork and think like, oh, this is cool. I wonder how I can make this in a digital form. I mean, people do that right now all the time with like software icons and and logos, you know, I used to be on forest a lot and it was always like, oh, I made a CSS version of this iOS app icon. Um, and then you had like some people are like, this is stupid. Why are you even bothering? Um, and that sort of leads into the second part of the question, which is don't be a hater. Um, if people want to do that (laughs) then let them do that, if you don't like it and shut up, it doesn't affect you. Um, which is sort of my view on a lot of things, but um, just coming up with an idea or, or trying to take someone else's idea and rework it um, gets you to code more, and therefore you're going to keep oh, learning, yeah. even if it's something minimal. So that's I like that advice. I like the like the you know if you you may be overflowing with ideas already. So if you are rock and roll, right? But if you're not, but you but you like this idea of art you probably like it for a reason right you like it because you saw something that was awesome and you want to be that awesome so try to recreate that awesome you know maybe you don't need your your own idea right away now now be careful about posting that as your own right but as far as learning yes exactly Exactly. So I think I was going to say uh, like CodePen has a lot of this, Chris. When you say like all the experiments, like yeah, a lot of it is like lot, art, right? is art for art's sake, you know. And it's funny sometimes looking at emails of people like there should be more practical stuff on the homepage. I'm like I am not biased as what makes it there. Like if it's if it's cool and useful, I'll post it. And it just so happens that there's quite a bit of like people just doing something interesting for the sake of doing something interesting with Canvas or or whatever. I was just looking through some of, if you're interested in Canvas, Jen has some slides and it looks like there was just from this last one in Austin, right? That is literally about kind of your first steps in Canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So cool. I, we'll I talked that. about, I talked about um, how to work with Canvas and make like an, to facilitate art with it. My talk in Portland was about why we should use code and art to get more people interested in programming and to keep those of us already developers um, motivated about learning new technologies and stuff. My first passion is is learning, and then I think the next would be development, and then like sports and entertainment. Um, so I'm always learning. I love it, and I use art to sort of keep me motivated because the whole field is very overwhelming. Web development, um, art sort of keeps us grounded, and it's something that is universal. And everybody at some point is into some concept of art. I always say, like, when we're little kids, like, we might not think, like, oh, how do we program? We might think, like, oh, I want to, like, draw something or color in a coloring book or make something with building blocks. Like, art's always something that we're involved in. And so if you involve code with that, then great. We're going to get everybody interested in programming. And that's what my last job at Montclair State was. And that's something that I continue to be passionate about is getting people interested in computer science and web development and all that fun junk. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It is. It is easy to be overwhelmed. It's even easy to be overwhelmed in uh, 
in in this the little subculture of art on the web kind of thing. I mm-hmm. literally just got back from Event Apart Austin, so I was there too. Hey-o. Uh, Austin. And Joshua Davis spoke. Have you guys ever seen Joshua Davis? Global Moxie? No, that's Josh Clark. Oh, I'm also way awesome. Off. <laughs> just no, Josh, Josh Davis. Joshua Davis. Yeah, he um is a online artist who has is like um he's from New York somewhere. Is uh, <clears throat> he's like got stuff in the Smithsonian, you know? But he's like this like like hard talking tattooed up dude. Uh and he's freaking hilarious. So his talk was was amazing, but a lot of what he he works in processing JS and like loves SVG and writes like SVG generator type of stuff um with like a w- wild world of 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 inspiration. Like he loves hotel carpet. He's got this like whole spiel on how weird <laughs> hotel carpeting is and tries to generate it. And you know, does you know, it's the kind of work that like looks good on skateboards. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that help for the radio? Anyway, yeah, you should check good. out his stuff. Uh, and it, you know, you kind of look at him and you're like, I want to do that too, but wow, you know, <laughs> I can't. I don't know that I can start with this caliber. So I, I know what you f- feel. I like I, I, I'm inspired by it, but I'm also intimidated by it. So I'm not sure how to work through that. But baby steps, you know, like if you like making patterns and look into different CSS patterns and, and making stuff with SVG and then just sort of build upon that. That's kind of what I'm doing with my, I, I made this like little pixel art like app and I'm sort of building onto it over the past few years in my free time, which I have very little of um, as of recently, but it's something that I started to learn um, HTML5 canvas and jQuery at the same time. And it's sort of evolved. I could see like, all of my past versions on, on my private GitHub repo of it, of like, oh, wow, like three years ago, like I had no idea that I can do it this way. And it's also interesting to see you progress learning a language, um, mm-hmm. something yeah, fun yeah. like that. Baby steps. Baby steps. They're, uh, Dave's all too familiar with baby steps. I, yeah. I know baby steps. Well, your baby doesn't walk no. yet, right? No, he doesn't. What was he waiting for? That's funny that you can't learn a baby can't learn to walk with baby steps because he would already know how to walk. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. When do bones grow? I I don't know. When do babies get bones? I don't know. Where did babies come from even? Yeah. (laughs) Such a mystery. Goodness. Okay. Um, so that's that's question one. If if you go to so I'm just gonna say yeah, question one. <laughs> uh I was gonna say if you go to uh Artifact Conf, which is like a plug for a sponsor, but whatever, uh Chris Schmidt hired some guy to do a bunch of generative art in like it's like spirography, you know, like uh I think it was made in Flash, but it's epic. It's like hypnotizing. It's really cool stuff. So anyway. I love spirograph. Yeah, it's just like the like you know it's what is it the the stuff that's like on your passport that those kind of patterns it's like those just kind of like taking over the screen and moving around anyway anyway check it out love it go there but whatever what's next yeah Question. do it all right I'll try to just queue up one MP3 this time. <laughs> does that sound good guys all at once I yeah just every all of them hi. 
I also live in the suburbs of hey New guys, Jersey. My name is too far away from, 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 from Orange County, Stop California. It. I've no always tra- way. What is that Come guy on, doing? David. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was good, NJ. Come on, David. <laughs> what oh, are you I'm, doing? All right. <laughs> Forget about all it. Right. I'm so no. bad at that. No, keep going. I, I'm not even we, from we New Jersey. Stall because, <laughs> really? No, this show is over. <laughs> right. Okay, let's try again. Okay, Hi. I should say, this is... Uh, Ted Ghost, also from New Jersey. Here we go. I also live in the suburbs of New Jersey, not too far away from Montclair, but I found it tough to meet folks nearby. Are you aware of any meetups in New Jersey, or are they mostly in New York City? Thanks. Oh, there we go. Uh, New Jersey versus New York. What's happening? What's the question. scene out there? Okay, I might get a lot of crap for this because I do know ne- developers in New Jersey, but the tech scene here is just lame. Like, I have to go into New York for meetups and and meet people there. Like, I don't know if it's because New Jersey is super, super diverse and sort of spread out. Like, there's community... Like, I know that there was, like, a hack event in Asbury Park. Um, I think it was called, like, Asbury... Agile Asbury or something like that. Um, So, like, that's, like, South Jersey. And up here in Montclair, we had a hack event well, it was at NJIT through Hack Jersey. So there's like these different little pockets of like dev communities, but they're all like sort of specialized. There's a lot of like journalist developers that I know. But if there's ever like a meetup in this sort of suburban, like North Jersey, close to Manhattan area, it's always swarmed with social media evangelists, which totally ah. is why I don't get involved with it anymore. Um, so. I don't know anything, and actually, I was good. I was hoping that somebody would ask that because if people could let me know of what's going on in New Jersey, um, specifically like above the Raritan and Bay, North Jersey, like please let me know because I'm I'm always like starving to meet people in the area that are interested in what I'm interested in, and I'm not interested in like how to get like a million Twitter followers. It's like, yeah, <laughs> we have a talk where there's no social media people invited, right? I, there should be like a test it, and it's like based on the amount of rayon in your shirt. And if you have <laughs> over 30% rayon, you have to go to a separate room. And uh, th- that's, you know, probably because you're a recruiter of some guy. Yeah, which is fine. You know, yeah. I have no, well, no, that's not true. Like I might have a few things against those, those types of, of people. Um, but like, when there's a meetup, it's called like a tech meetup or like a, a developer meetup. There was like a developer meetup nearby and it was just all like people who were just interested in meeting developers to do all of their work for them. And I was like, no, this is kind of something for all of us developers to talk about, like how we can't really stand you guys um, all the time. So. <laughs> hmm. Does, uh, so I'm coming questions. off as a totally super nice person. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh on radio it really shows your your true self. Does um so we, are you saying like New York is the scene like to get good quality meetups you have to That's how I feel. Over. Um yeah. Yeah, and I mean Montclair is super close to New York and I find myself there all the time. Um I don't typically go to meetups like that often because it's I don't know. It's kind of awkward for me. I'm I'm a pretty social person um 
But if you get me into a room with, like, tons of people that I don't know, I don't know, like, where to start. It gets really overwhelming for me. I'm also, like, always overwhelmed about everything. So that's really not my scene. But I'm interested in meeting people, like, online. And I've met people, like, through conferences and also, like, who've read my stuff or I've read their stuff. And we've met in person. Um, and I have a lot of cool friends that are like that. But, um Right. It, meet up, meetups are great for people who are into meetups. Me, I, it's just too um, awkward for me. Hopefully there's a theme that might help get through some of that stuff. Yeah. Right? It's, like the, it's yeah. not just like, let's meet and stare at each other. It's like, there's right. going to be a guest speaker and that kind of guides the conversation. Yeah, I totally get it because I'm also super awkward. Yeah. I, don't uh, know. I love meetups. <laughs> I organize them. Well, Austin <laughs> is just like a, every... There's a meetup every night. It's a different world there, man. Yeah. True story. Different deal. Different deal. And usually meetups aren't in like an environment where there's drinking involved. And I would do much better with that. <laughs> with drinking? I'm really coming or... off as a cool... I'm a cool person, you guys. Just so you know. Yeah. No. Cool. I'm, I'm, a cool, I'm a cool dude. <laughs> 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 I'm going to do this. Lynda.com. They are, are back as a sponsor, and that's L-Y-N-D-A.com. Just, you know, because there's alternate spellings of Linda. It's probably the biggest learning resource online as far as, like, I pay this much money a month, and I get access to an enormous course library, and enormous it is. They have over 2,000 courses, and there's a new course every single day, which I find an interesting fact about Lynda.com. So if you're, like, a hardcore junkie, and wanted to learn all the newest stuff. There's a new course posted every single day on lynda.com. It starts at 25 bucks a month. You can get a free week of it by using the uh, – just go to lynda.com slash shop talk, and I think you just kind of automatically get it. I have an account, so I don't need a free week. <laughs> uh, so Two million people are active members on lynda.com. So, wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Oh my God. Their reach is enormous. I have a course on there about WordPress and all the time people are like, oh, I've heard of you through Linda. And I was always like, really? That's cool. Cause I don't know. Thanks for the reach, Linda. Anyway, it's all the stuff that you would think that there's on there that people that watch this show probably know, already know about or want to know about or whatever. Things like CMSs and UX and HTML, CSS and JavaScript and all the backend languages and stuff. But what's kind of cool about it is that you get all this other stuff like you want to learn more about photography? That's on there. There's a class on like time management if you're bad at that. Uh, I don't know how you're going to find time to watch it. <laughs> you know? Huh? It's a paradox. Huh? But it's all it's all transcribed too, so there's a transcript of the of each course, and you can make little playlists of stuff you want to watch later, and all that type of stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, enjoy your free week by going to lynda.com/shoptalk. We have another question here from Benjamin Solemn, who says, "I love the show. I listen every week. I have a quick question about redesigning my portfolio. I have big plans for using the canvas element, which is not supported in IE8 and lower." Would it be a waste of my time for me to provide fallback images for IE8 users, being that it's only going to be primarily visited by other web professionals? Or would it be attractive for those web professionals to see the additional effort that he put in so I can show them that it works with older browsers? I don't know. Do you even think about Canvas fallbacks, Jen, when you work with it? There you go. Um. I usually put some sort of snarky remark, like, you can't use this, sorry, but 
Um, in terms <laughs> of a portfolio, <laughs> though, in terms of a portfolio, I mean, I you know I I used to work in like hyperlocal journalism and then um, college administration and then I did some finance and healthcare work where everybody was using old machines, um, and these people using old machines do a lot of the hiring of developers. So you want to make sure that your portfolio is accessible to people who are not able to view Canvas. So definitely a fallback, I believe, would be important. Um, Especially for something like a portfolio, right, which has been done in the past. You know. It feels so theoretical to me. I'm like, what are you doing with Canvas? Does that? That's, does, yeah. What are you doing yeah. with Canvas in your portfolio? I mean, if that's what your your portfolio is, just oh, I do work with Canvas. Well, then yeah, who cares about people who can't see Canvas? Because you're looking for people to hire you to do Canvas work. Um, right, and there may be some kind of polyfill thing that you could use. In which case, I don't know, just use it, and it probably works pretty well. And then, and then, like, what if it's just static? What if what you did with Canvas ends up being just a drawing of some kind, which is a legit way to use Canvas? Well, then that fallback is real easy, isn't it? It's an image. Yeah, it's an image. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Good stuff. That was, Hopefully that was useful that was, to you, Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty quick. That was good. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Cody McGovern. Writes in, sup, using the... Appropriate SUP tag. What does that stand Thank for? Superimpose. Super. 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 So super it'll script it up. Okay, go. Super script. Oh, All right. Enough. All right. <laughs> when, when we build our client websites in WordPress because it's awesome and seems to be easier to use. Uh, one thing we don't do is bake in support on ongoing maintenance for our clients and our contracts. If they need us to do something after launch, it's per hour fee for that service. Given that WordPress install, uh, given that any WordPress install that is left alone and not updated eventually will get hacked, uh, um, I guess although not up, although updating WordPress sometimes means you'll just click and install and whatever. It's pretty easy. What's your two cents on supporting plans and updating sites? Should we be charging for ongoing service uh, to make the Make sure security on our client sites don't become vulnerable. Uh, we could also, probably stop there because it looks like a, a tangents <laughs> at the bottom, uh, which yeah. we could talk about for a minute. But it was kind of just like, okay, we build sites in WordPress. We are a agency or appreciate, you know, whatever. And so we charge for our work as we should, but we often don't charge for ongoing maintenance. And uh, and he's kind of saying, not only is that. That's an interesting thing to talk about. But what about the fact that, like, we might end up looking bad in the long term because of this theorem that Cody has that every single WordPress site that is left unupdated will eventually be hacked? Is All it of like, them. yeah, I do that. That's my job, actually. At the NBA is just to hack unupdated <laughs> WordPress sites. You just have you just run a bot. Yeah, and you're just like, me and Kobe Bryant. We we mm-hmm. we work this, we pair program together. And <laughs> yeah, we pair hack. <laughs> this is a good, like, uh, whatever Sports Center commercial. <laughs> you and Kobe. I was going to ask if you ever met Michael Jordan, but now, of course, you will be able to because breaking news: Michael Jordan may be returning to the NBA for one game. You hear about this? <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. I'm well, this is a precursor to Space Jam too, so you heard it first oh, here, it's, folks. It's a promotional tour, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Space, Space Jam 2, Space Needs to be Jammed Again. (laughs) 
It's the uh, oh tagline. All right, uh, back to the Cody. Back to the question. Yeah, yeah, you should. I don't know. Uh, you know, back. <laughs> okay, I'll paste this link before I forget it. Back at <laughs> when I worked in the agency thing, we we constantly tried to get them to pay us to maintain their sites for longer because that's. Uh, what good businesses do and we made more money that way and it's more it's easier to build a sustainable business if there's people paying you every single month it's just easier than than just relying on one-off type of thing so try to try to get some money out of them try to be like hey i promise your site will never be hacked if you you, i don't know maybe that's a crappy way to to try to launch it but try to get them on the on the every month train and then you can just hit the button send them a bill for a hundred bucks i don't know what do you think do you try to get people on that, or do you are you anti that at Paravel? Because it, it's you know, well, we don't do a lot of that anymore per se. Like yeah. most of our stuff ends up being like handoffs and sure. put into Java things and whatever. But um, but no, I I totally think it's a good plan. Um, the you know I'm I'm getting this is funny. I'm thinking about this today because I'm getting a a bathroom redone and I just signed a contract. Because a contractor, get that? Did you see the link there? Yeah, I, mean, I signed a contract for a contractor to uh, like uh, whatever, just basically smash my bathroom with a sledgehammer. And um, one thing he did in his contract was he was like, the last 10% is like, is actually like you pay at the end end of the project. And that's after the punch list has been signed or figured out and everything like so. That last ten percent, I don't pay until like everything's done and work is satisfactory, and the agreed yeah. upon amount of work is done. You've, po- right? you've pooped in it like a dozen times, and it keeps going down. I've tested it out. Yeah, I've just I've you know put it through some stress tests. Um, so like I think that is really genius in terms of like how that could apply to web work, you know. And basically, you're just saying like we have you for the next three security updates or whatever. Uh, and then maybe you're not getting paid your 10%, but you know, maybe you built that into your whole system. You know, you had a, you, you raised your rates 10% in order to have this 10% thing back in, you know, in, in your negotiation. So I, I just think that's an option. I'm not saying it, it's worked successfully for us or anything like that, but, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think you just need to build it in and be, and talk about it and be available. That's my thing. I don't know. Jen, you have a... Yeah, I feel the same way. And it, what's really important is the talking part. You really have to educate the client about how the website works and how if they're not going to update it, that these are some of the consequences that can, and ever since Kobe and I started working together, will happen. Um, mm-hmm. Your site being hacked and all that. Uh, but what I used to do, a lot of a lot of my projects when I was freelancing were long-term, so it was more like a monthly maintenance fee um but for those one off shots where i just made a website i would just say here's how you update the site this is why you should if you have any questions let me know um always just keep an open communication um usually clients are more than happy to uh offer to pay me which i always ask if they don't um but you know that's mm-hmm. pretty much it yeah and you, so you have some i mean you've you have a wordpress plugin so you you're a WordPresser a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah. I used to do tons of WordPress stuff. Actually, um, I was hired as a front end developer, the MBA. But my first project was with with uh, 
doing a lot of back-end stuff for a WordPress project that's going to be super cool coming out soon. Nice. Yeah. Robot scripting with Kobe. Yeah. We're replacing <laughs> all the players with robots. Just J- Java bots. <laughs> <laughs> all Arduino uh, basketball. Yeah. <laughs> basketball node bots. It's going to be exactly like Space Jam. Did they play a Which team is why robot? Michael Jordan... May. He's coming back. It's not definite for sure, but... You and Cobus might be out of work here in, in WordPress 3.7, because uh, Tracy here in the chat room is saying WordPress 3.7 is going to have minor security updates being applied automatically. Hmm. Mm, that's good. Good there move, go. WordPress. I like that th- I like think... a, like they, they probably have some internal rule, like it can't change an API, but if it's like... Yeah. Yeah. It pass all the tests and it fixes a security file or whatever, you know, a vulnerable file. I don't know. Evan Huntley asks, I have been working on learning Git and how best to utilize GitHub. Dave, we talked on Twitter a little bit about this. You mentioned getting my own site on GitHub as well as collaborating with on uh, with others on other projects. I was curious about whether GitHub should be become a part of my regular workflow as in a step towards deploying code live and stuff, or instead just keep a backup of my code there, kind of just like a, you know, a place to share and, and, and talk and collaborate, but just kind of, you know, you just keep a copy of it over there. What is your mm. workflow? Can you talk about that type of stuff a little bit? Me? Yeah, me? Jen. Yep. You go first. <laughs> I already talked to him on Twitter. No. <laughs> how, would um, you, you, how do you use it? How do I use it? Well, I use GitHub just to back up code for now, but I was thinking about yesterday moving my, my blog about pancakes um, to it. My blog's actually not about pancakes to you guys listening. Um, it's just called Pancake Theorem. Uh, but I was thinking of moving it and deploying it through GitHub. I don't know. I haven't done it before, so I want to play around with it and see what's ah, up. Level up. Level up. Something. Take it to 11x. Yeah, that's kind of good. So you, because my my advice would be to, uh, I was just thinking about this briefly before the show. I was like, maybe it's like not a good idea to just like throw up copies of and use it kind of as backup or whatever. Not even as backup, but just kind of like, oh, look, it's here too. Because I feel like that opens the door to like you being bummed out at yourself because there's people like submitting, you know, uh, problems to it and it's just and then and then like what if you update it on your local machine then you be like oh yeah i guess i gotta go update it there too it becomes like more of a liability and a bummer than it does but maybe it doesn't and if it doesn't for you that's cool but i was like i think i might go like more full bore on a like if i'm gonna put something on github it's there because i plan on maintaining it and and listening to people i don't know i yeah i think it's kind of like sharing you know if you know, it's your site or something you want to share it. Or if it's like the, you know, the thing you do to make a WordPress site every single freaking time, or, you know, heck, even if you're like on Joomla or whatever, like no one uses GitHub if they're on Joomla. No, that's a terrible joke, but no, it's just like get out there and share. Like, this is what I use. It's helpful to me. Explain that in your little, you know, readme file and, People can use it or not use it, but I think if you're trying to like get a job too, I I feel like every employer or whatever is looking at GitHub. So, um, I mean, I get tons of people like 
re- recruiter people, they're like, oh, I saw you on GitHub. I did a search for JavaScript and your name came up. And like, they don't realize I just make like tiny jQuery plugins. But anyway, <laughs> they're like, oh, so if you want to work with our company? And it's like, no, I have a pretty good job. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Recruiters don't even say that to me. They say, we found you on GitHub. Um, do you know anybody who may be looking for, for this job? Like, they don't even ask me. They'll And then they'll say, like, <laughs> and then, and then they'll ask you? me if I've met, like, Michael Jordan. <laughs> so they don't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> There's a form letter out there with your name on it. It's just like, like Jen, don't even bother. Because one, one recruiter um, from this big company was like, oh, you know, what would it take for you to leave the NBA? And I said a million dollars, and that was the last I heard from them. So I assume they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're looking through all their couch cushions to collect a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, do you have any single friends? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's do you have good. a sister? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, Andre Andre KC Oh, let's see if this is the the audio question That's tried to play 400 times (laughs) Guys, bear with me This will take at least 6 tries Uh, Alright, this is Flixer Flixer. Yep, here we go Here we go Hey guys Andre KC here (laughs) Legendary is so that good. just not going to happen then? I, I can't even picture no, what the it problem will. is. It's, it's iOS 7 is like, I'm using, so I've been using like a, what is it? Read later, their reader flow. Like, so I bookmark it and I pull it up and I hit it. And then, dude, it's just choking in I or iOS 7 or whatever. So, which I don't know if you guys saw that blog post. Uh, but <laughs> About I mean, iOS 7? IOS- Somebody's blogged about that already? Yeah, no, it's a, well, flat design, right? Yeah, so, uh-huh. Um, but apparently the uh, mobile Safari has, like, serious issues. Like, you can't use an alert tag, which is probably a net win for the internet, but <laughs> kind of, like, extreme, right? Like, they disabled alert, of all things. So here we go. Hey, guys. Andre Casey here, front-end designer from Oregon. Here's my question. What's the deal with art direction? I've heard it mentioned here on Shop Talk before and on other design podcasts too, but always as an aside. After reading two great articles on art direction on A List Apart, I get that art direction equals concept and design equals execution, but most of the references I've heard on podcasts make it sound like art direction is a sometimes activity with front-end folk. Is this mainly the case with agencies, where they might have a dedicated art director? I guess my real question is, what role does art direction play in your work? Thanks, guys, and love the show. All right, love so Andre is asking, uh, what, Andre's asking, what is art direction? What do we when we're talking about it in a front end context? What what do we mean by that? Wilto is in the chat room, nervous that we're going to talk about images, but I would think that we're that we're that it's generally not, you know, like the art direction case in the images is like, oh, there's a big one, and there's that's it's like Obama and his whole family, but on mobile, it's just Obama's nose or whatever. But it, <laughs> <laughs> but art direction, like I, it's just is just like we're gonna we have this story, and it's about snowmobiles, and when we present it, we're gonna make snowflakes falling in the background because it adds a level of ambiance to the story. But then you move to the next story, and it's about you know 
something else, it doesn't have it doesn't have that. So like case by case, article by article, URL by URL on a site has some kind of design associated with it that uh, above and beyond just a template and you know Georgia italic. I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, is it is it a sometimes activity? Absolutely. You know, you don't have to art direct every single article. That would be impractical, and 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 maybe depends on stuff. I think some companies do things different ways. You know, they I, in front end development, a lot of like pressure I think is put on us to like know how to do everything. Like also be designers and all that sort of stuff. Um, at the NBA, we have art directors that you know, say, this is what we want to look like. And this is the, the story we're trying to tell, like, just do it. And then I do. Um, but I've worked at places where they don't have any art direction and you sort of have to like take the lead and figure what is best to give us a sort of flow so that it doesn't drive you crazy and that you're proud to put out what you're making. So. Right. Uh, can we parallax this article? Could like, <laughs> As you scroll down, could each sentence, one comes in from the left and one comes in from the right. <laughs> Why not? Of course, you can do anything with JavaScript. It's an article about cross-country skiing, to be fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I think I consider our direction just being like you're going beyond what the template was like intended to and you're doing something custom and and sort of like whatever you're breaking template to do something custom, you know, um, I, coworker Trent Walton, he does a lot of art directed posts for his blog posts just to kind of like, he wants it to like kind of feel different. He wants his posts, his big posts to feel different than just normal regular posts. So, uh, that was like a big trend back in 2000. I'm still totally interested. Yeah, it was. I totally dabbled in it and it was totally fun and awesome. But then you redesign your blog and then you're worried that like, do you like save that design in time, like the whole thing? Or do you like just let the new template come out and hopefully you're that what you did was like a light enough touch that it maintains in the new markup? Uh, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. hard. And I think Jason Santa Maria does a lot of, you know, he was kind of a big player in this and he just like d- uses the archive technique, right? Like if you, if mm-hmm. you, if it looked one way, it's just going to look that way forever. And if he redesigns the site, only new posts get that treatment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. You do have to kind of consider like the, uh, the versioning stuff. Cause it is kind of, it kind of makes you fixed width, you know? Um, mm. It's very fixed with thinking. Doing it responsibly is just super hard. Like parallax responsibly is just kind of super hard. But um, anyway, uh, The Verge does it on the occasional article. I don't know if you guys like reading The Verge. Yeah. Uh, but they do it on the occasional article, and it's uh, pretty awesome. It's 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 cool. Really it's almost we should like pinboard them or whatever and put a tag like, check this in three years and see how it looks then, <laughs> you know, just because yeah. it will be interesting to see. Yeah, no, that would be, I think, I think, yeah, your shelf life goes, uh, way down, like when you art direct, but it's a very cool effect and it gets you a lot of attention. So, um, yeah, the many faces of is a blog we did for a while. It's good, but then a browser will change just how it works and then it doesn't work anymore. So that's (laughs) stuff, stuff, stuff that happens. So anyway, there you go. Uh, hopefully that's the deal with art direction. (laughs) Yeah.
right. Um, Environments for Humans is a sponsor of Shop Talk Show. They've been a longtime sponsor. So if you've ever listened to one of these, chances are it was sponsored by Environments for Humans. And they're doing the Artifact Comp, which is the second of its kind that is um, – the first one was in Austin. And apparently it went so well and was so awesome that they're going to move it and do it again, not even a year later here. So it's going to be in – Providence, Rhode Island, which they made clear to say us is an hour outside of Boston. Apparently, not as many people can place Providence on a map, so they like to. I had to look it up on a yeah, map. Yeah, the addition, to, you know. So Dave spoke at the first one. You're speaking at this one too, so you can see Dave if you want to. The difference is, last time you saw Dave, Ethan Marcotte wasn't the keynote, but this time it will be. So technically, slightly be- mm-hmm. better around this time. I just saw Ethan at the AEA, and it's oh. good. Good. He's a good speaker. Yes. It should be good. Yes. I'm going to talk about responsive images. That's my talk, which if you uh, weren't on the Twitters last week, uh, had a nice, uh, nice. Was there little... some drama about it? What did people think about the Tab Atkins one? Is are people talking about that or was that, was that a, no, that's, well, that's so that's, uh, do you, well, first let's, let's okay. say artifact con, you guys should go use code shop talk <laughs> yes, for $100, $100 off, thought, right? Yeah. There's a bunch Before of workshops. It's track. otherwise a kind of traditional kind of web go to physical back, you know, it's a conference. And like lots of the awesome. people have been on this show, like in the past. So you guys need to totally check it out if you're East coasters. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, hot drama there was like, so tab proposed this source and syntax which is like uh you have image source one yeah. it's a source source two it's a source but in in the attribute there you can put a media query or you can put kind of that uh source study kind of syntax or maybe i'm explaining it terribly but you, it's kind of like a super, super syntax, you know, but this like ordinal attribute thing that that's never really existed before. Right. Like you don't have like alt tag one, alt tag two. Right. 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 It's a new concept. So, um, so that's like a little bit like, okay, interesting. All right. Let's see what happens. And then, uh, I think that the drama is tab kind of like mentioned it, like, or the responsive image com- community group got around it. I think they made a polyfill like, um, there is like this problem. If you do a source attribute at all, the browser will fetch that regardless, you know, so yeah. you get that double download right. thing. It doesn't necessarily you, solve that problem. If you don't include the source attribute, some browsers will request the whole entire page again, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, um, and then anyway, so that's like kind of something uh, just to be concerned about, but there's like work in, beginning, like polyfilling it, just seeing what's going on. Um, and then Tab like proposed it to the W the what working group or whatever, and Hixie like just shot it down. Was just like I don't understand why ever this is pictures a non starter blah blah blah. Old man, old man never built a responsive website. So there is your hot drama. Wow, that's too bad. You would think that you would think that if anybody Tab would have some sway, you know? Yeah, it's so we dude. I I'm I'm like passive aggressive snark machine right like that's my a game right uh but, but like those that chat room that what working group irc dude is brutal it's like cronies like that looks so stupid your mom must be dead or something it's just terrible things it's, you're just like what on earth dude this is hostile jeez so i don't like it yeah anyway 
Here we go. Uh, Justin Marson writes in, uh, I keep reading things like get a mentor or have your code reviewed. <laughs> I'm emphasis at it. Uh, yet I've never been able to find anyone interested in doing either of those. Any idea how, it, how it's possible to find that kind of people or why people keep saying that if it doesn't exist. Ooh. Sick burn. Hashtag. I can feel that, burn. right? You're, you're <laughs> learning to code and everybody's telling you like, just have a coding buddy. And you're like, but I don't like to leave my house. So how can I possibly find said coding buddy? Well, and I think he's even like, people say, get a mentor. And then I'm like, Hey, anyone want to mentor me in like crickets? You know, it's just like no one responds. Yeah. I think right? it's a problem in like every industry, everyone like, if someone comes to like a professor in my department and says like, you know, how do I learn how to code more and get involved in like a certain industry? It's really easy to say, well, find a mentor there and then sort of push them along. And then they're like, well, what the hell do I do now? And I had, I had like 200 students that would come up to me and be like, Hey, can you be my mentor? And it's like, I love you babies. I would love to, but 200 people, I'm just one gen. Um, so I think the best thing, to do is just, I don't know, I, not so much cold call people, but just like go on Twitter and, and say that you're looking for people or res- find people that you look up to and say, hey, I would really like to sort of collaborate with you or something like that. And if they say no, then don't take it personally. Again, some people might have a lot of people approaching them, but I know that there are a lot of organizations, especially for um, women in technology that try to connect young developers with mentors. Um, I like to see more of that happening for everybody. But yeah, that, that's kind of a big problem. Um, I, I wish I could mentor everybody. I wish everyone could mentor me. But yeah, you know. it's it is an interesting issue. Hopefully, you know, maybe there's some kind of, you know, maybe some startup will help with this in the future or something. But there's probably a supply and demand problem a little bit that mm-hmm. People that are really good mentors probably just don't have the time to do a whole lot of mentoring, unfortunately. So you may be a victim of that. I'm not sure. Although I think it's a give and take issue, too. If you're just some young coder and you just announce to the world that you would like a coder, you're you're a little bit saying, just gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, you're saying, I I, I want something and and that's all there is to it. There's got to be a little give and take there. Maybe you could, you know, maybe what you're looking for isn't like, you know, like a, you know, like it's not like a samurai movie where you like waltz into this temple and there's like a guy who's like, you know, <laughs> praying and he turns out to be this. Okay. This is a weird. And all of a sudden you have the I'm glow. Just gonna stop. Cause you're the last <laughs> yeah. dragon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you might get somebody who's just a little bit better than you and you can kind of work together on a project in the mentoring experience becomes working with someone who's just slightly better than you. That isn't like the world's best sword fighter, but just knows a few more moves than you do. Yeah. Yeah. Our industry doesn't have the like tarnished old blacksmith who's, you know, slaving away on a ping, yeah. ping, uh, animal. I stopped making know, horseshoes a long time ago, and I don't intend to make another. Yeah, you can't bring me back out of <laughs> horseshoe retirement. <laughs> it's, yeah, we don't have that. You know, it's very, very fast, you know. And, and But I think it's, yeah, it's finding, like, people who are one step ahead of you. Uh, meetups have been helpful for me. You know, I go to meetups, and then I... Uh, kind of con people like Alex Sexton or whoever to like uh, help me write a tiny jQuery. Yeah, exactly. He's like the internet's mentor. And he's only 14. I know, it's weird. Uh, 
bizarre. I didn't know he was older than I I knew I shouldn't have bought him beer. I know, I know. He's he's like, yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Whatever. It's just like, uh, I fell for it again. Anyway. I think that I I have an interesting story about mentoring. When I was an administrator, I had a student who had emailed me and he had built something and he's like, Hey, you know, can you take a look at it? And I, and I did. And, and he was like, how can I improve? And I gave him some ideas and then he like never got around to it. And then he would email me again. And then he'll say like, can you build this part for me? Like he wanted to collaborate, but I was like, I don't have the time, but you can figure out how to do it. And I sort of guided him how to do things. And then he kind of like got nasty with me. He was like, Oh, she's, you're you're just like avoiding working on this because I'm a student. I don't know. It's just kind of, kind of awkward. Um, so you kind of have to also educate the the mentee on what mentoring is. It doesn't mean doing the work for them. It's sort of like coaching them and like not just about programming, but also about the industry. Um, and just both mm. people have to sort of be nice to each other and, and collaborate in that sort of way. Yeah, that's right. a good. So if you do have if any you questions about where babies mentor, come from. If you don't think you would be a good mentor, then don't offer to be a mentor. You know, if you don't have patience, then don't bother. Um, I come off as somebody that doesn't have a lot of patience and I don't with a lot of things. But when it comes to working with younger developers, I kind of do. Um, I just come off as really tough. I'm a tough guy. With a sweet inside yeah. and crazy thing going on in my head. But you teach. Kind of like you don't need pineapple. the mentor. You're an official mentor. You're a paid mentor in a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good. Have you used that analogy for yourself? No, that's before? new. It's really good. <laughs> that's for Wilto, actually. Okay. Sticky outside or spiny uh, outside. That's good. <laughs> okay. I'm crying. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's uh, all we got, actually. So, hey, uh, Jen, thanks again so much. How can people find you, give you money, uh, and get your jersey? Where did they get? Well, I guess you can follow me on Twitter. It's Jen Schiffer, two N's, two F's. Um, the weird thing about Twitter, it gets a little strange on there. So, just a warning. <laughs> I always have to warn my students when they follow me, like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they take it a good try. Um, and, yeah, just just say, hey, what's up? I'm pretty approachable. I might be like a pineapple, but I'm a nice dude. There you go. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll maybe do some more conferences or go out to more conferences and meet people. And I'll let you know if I post that GitHub blog thing. Where I will yeah. write about code again because I stopped that a while ago. Sweet, please do. Sweet, awesome. Well, thanks everyone for coming out in the chat room, giving us facts. You guys are great. Uh, thanks everyone for subscribing in iTunes and rating us fives. You guys are the best too. Uh, if you're not already, follow us at Shop Talk Show on Twitter. Uh, and apologies if our, our episodes are getting out kind of late. We've been traveling. People have been sick. I had a baby. So sometimes it takes a while oh, baby, for the serious. episode. Yeah, I'm going to use it. I'm going to milk the crap for like 18 out of it. years. So, <laughs> yeah, I got this 18 year old <laughs> kid and, uh, I, so the podcast was a day late. Anyway, so that's, uh, it, uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, yeah, you guys are super, super supportive. And Chris, is there anything you want to add? shoptalkshow.com
Very, we I like that one because that doesn't make it to the show. The 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 horn gets cut, so that's just yeah. that's just for us. Cool. Now we can cuss. <laughs> yeah. 